I'm doing the build out of the gym and I realize I'm $10,000 short. Mm. So I go to my dad and I ask my dad if I can borrow $10,000. That to me at the moment was an incredible failure. Mm. I um, cried after I got off the phone asking for it. I cried to Heather and uh, I felt humiliated. Went through that process, call it grieving or whatever you want to do. And then as quickly as I could reframed it to, I am going to feel so good when I pay this back. Mm -hmm. I am going to work so hard to make sure that this is not, that his trust in me, his generosity, his belief that I can do this, whether he did believe it or not, or just be a good dad. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to prove to him that I can do this. And that became such a motivating factor. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stop. Hello, Ben. Hey, Patrick. How are you today? I'm good. Good. Uh, today, we're going to talk about something um, that I'm really curious your take on. Uh, and, and, and the subject uh, sort of broadly is failure, uh, how you think about failure, uh, how you've experienced failure. To get into it, the, and, and part of the challenge of, of thinking through the, you know, thinking about what kind of questions I wanted to ask you was, even though I know you so well, it's hard for me to really point at many failures, at least from a professional side of things in your life. Um, I look at things like, uh, well, this podcast for one, I look at Comtrain, I look at CrossFit New England, I look at um, Noble and CrossFit Tilt, and, and the list is very long of things that you have had your hand on that have succeeded, quote unquote, succeeded mm -hmm. um, from the outside. And so I wanted to start this conversation about failure, just asking you, what am I not seeing? What does the world not see when they look at you and your track record that might uh, surprise people as it, as it relates to, again, quote unquote, success and quote unquote, failure? Um, well, I'm flattered that you see all the <laughs> success. That, that's 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 cool. Um, I'm going to have a hard time answering that question because to me, the question is, what have you, if, if we see the success, what have you failed at? Right. And this might make for a really short podcast, but <laughs> I don't, I don't believe in failure. I don't believe there is such a thing to me. If you see, if, if I were to deem something as a failure, that means that at some point there must be an end point. You must have finished because you have now succeeded or failed. Similar to that, all the things that you've listed, I haven't, I don't see as successes because we're still still working progresses. They still want to, I'm still developing, I'm still working on them. Even if it was something that I did in the past that was over, there's no end point because it's an opportunity for me to grow and evolve into something else. So, you know, um, a while back, one of our interns, um, that's, he was an intern for us for last summer and he reached out to him. He still trains at CrossFit New England and he's in college and he's at a entrepreneurial program um, at Babson. Phenomenal program. Mm -hmm. And really cool assignment he had was 
interview a um, successful entrepreneur and get their fail, quote unquote, failure resume, like the things that they have failed at. And he said, and he, he, um, he told me about this and I said, you know, Josh, this is going to be, I don't know if I'm the right person for you because <laughs> I actually don't believe in failure. I believe that you either win or you learn. And that's something like I've reframed everything in my mind to being an opportunity for learning or it's something that I quote unquote succeeded at or did well at. So, you know, there are things that I haven't done the way I would want to. Looking back, I would have changed, but they're not failures because I learned so much from them. Everything from you know, CrossFit, you mentioned CrossFit England. Yes, it's something I'm proud of today, but man, like 11 years ago when I was starting, if I was to be doing what I was doing then and now, I, it'd be horrific. Mm. Like I didn't know how to manage people. I didn't know how to hire people. I didn't know how to delegate authorities. I didn't know how to run a business. I knew how to give people a really meaningful, fun hour of their day. And because of that, it snowballed in this and I learned the business along the way. So if the question is, what are the things I have um, learned from in the past, not the things I have failed from, there's a there's a handful of those things. There's, you know, um, games athletes that I'm no longer coaching because of whatever reasons. We both grew and went some different directions. There is um, the, the ways I ran CrossFit New England that I would not be proud of doing today, both from in terms of the way I hired people, the way I fired people, the way I managed people. Um there is, um, you know, back in my former life before I was a trainer, I was working um, in finance and I was studying really hard to take this fairly high level certification called a CFA and I failed it. So looking back on that, like you, you, it's past fail, you failed it. At the time, it felt like a failure, but like you reframe it back, looking back on it in, with enough perspective and a long enough timeline and oh my God, that's not a failure at all. If I had passed that test, man, I would be in a very, very different place in my life. So I am so excited about where I am in my life today that is in, it is impossible to me look back on anything that's happened and say it's been a failure. Because, you know, here's like, here's maybe this is the tangent, maybe this is a side thing, but we did a workout um, yesterday in the gym. And the workout, um, every single um, round had a 400 meter run in it. You came inside and you had 26 reps of a movement. They went back outside and ran 400 meters. You come back in and did 26 reps of another movement. It's about a 40 minute workout with a, uh, 12 400 meter runs. About 15 minutes into the workout, um, so first off, it was pouring rain. I mean, mm. pouring, pouring rain. So um, 15 minutes into the workout, I made. The, I was taking the workout, but I made the call to the coach. I was like, there's lightning. It, it like flashed. I was like, we got to stay inside, switch it to 15 burpees. So he made the announcement in class, 15 burpees instead of the run. And our class is pretty good, but there was a little, like next to me, there was a, oh, mm. a little bit of like a, oh. So I wanted to have this conversation with the class afterwards about why is that? Give me a reason. Give yeah. me one reason why switching from 400 meter runs to burpees is a bad thing. Give me any reason you can come up with. And you hear things like, well, I'm not as good at burpees. Okay, so that's an opportunity. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So now we get to work on something that you need to work on more. Perfect. Well, I was 
trying to um, gauge my time against last year. We did this workout last year. Gauge my time against last year. Good. So you have an opportunity to challenge yourself, challenge your mind when your mind gets strayed and pulled into something that seems like not a good thing. Opportunity to work your mental toughness. Like every single thing that's happening to you, you can reframe into an opportunity to everything from like a, a loved one getting sick. I get it. That is not anything anybody wishes on anybody. You certainly shouldn't look for it or seek it out and want it yourself. But those things are opportunities to work on dot, dot, dot. Your relationship with that person, your priorities in your life, you to put first things first again, for you to be the leader and the mentally tough person. It's like you can reframe everything. If you do that, like I... uh, it's really hard to kind of look back and pull out like that was a failure. And the other way to do it, if you're not going to frame it, is just put it on a longer timeline. Yeah. It's not, it, it, it didn't end. So it's going to, it's about you becoming better. If you're always striving to become a better version of yourself, then there is no pass fail. It's growth or decay. Mm-hmm. Have there been periods, even, even sort of knowing that and with that uh, mindset, have there been periods where you found yourself thinking in, 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 the, in the near term, so in the near term after something happened that yeah. wasn't as successful as you yep. wish it was? Have you ever found yourself needing to reframe yourself and reframe how you're thinking about it so that you can get to that long time frame where suddenly a, a quote unquote failure isn't a failure anymore, right? It's that, it's the, it's, I failed that test, but thank God I failed that test. Yeah, right? sure. So, um, I started CrossFit New England. Um, when I did that, I was coming out of becoming a personal trainer. And even if you're a really successful personal trainer, there's only so many hours in the day, there's only so much you can charge. I didn't have a lot of like pocket change, mm-hmm. right? I didn't have a ton of money. So I'm starting this business and I need, you know, 50, 60, 70, $100,000. Well, I worked through all of the money I had kind of like raised to make this thing happen. And we can talk about, I think we may have talked about how I did that later. Um, and all of my savings and I'm doing the build out of the gym and I realize I'm $10,000 short. Mm. So I go to my dad and I ask my dad if I can borrow $10,000. That to me at the moment was an incredible failure. Mm. I um, cried after I got off the phone asking for it. I cried to Heather and uh, I felt humiliated went through that process, call it grieving or whatever you want to do. And then as quickly as I could reframed it to, I am going to feel so good when I pay this back. Mm -hmm. I am going to work so hard to make sure that this is not, that his trust in me, his generosity, his belief that I can do this, whether he did believe it or not, (laughs) or just be a good dad. I'm going to prove to him that I can do this. And that became such a motivating factor that, and it was, I can remember where I was, when I, what I said, what, when I handed him the 10,000, I did it in cash to, on purpose. <laughs> I paid him $10,000 in cash. Yeah. Um, and it was only about three months after we opened the doors nice. and it felt so good. So I used that to reframe it. But yes, I grieved. I was upset. I was emotional. Um, it hurt. It stung. But then... You know, five, four, three, two, one, reframe it. And you just like after the CrossFit games, during an event that an athlete doesn't do well, you have we have we go through they 
whatever you want to call it, call it the the failure period, call it the grieving period Mm -hmm. where they are allowed to vent, allowed to have an emotion. Because if you don't, if you pocket it up, that's not going to do well. Have the natural guttural human reaction, whatever that is, and then reframe it and move forward. You can't sit there and wallow. I like the the definition of between uh, pain and suffering. Um, Pain is a part of life and it's necessary and we all experience it. Suffering is unnecessarily re-experiencing pain. So if you don't get over something, you are putting your you are forcing yourself to suffer unnecessarily. Always to do is part of life, experience that pain in the short term, reframe it, use it for the go whatever it is, the mojo to make you go forward and push on. Uh, you said something interesting uh, as it relates to the games athletes. Um, you want them to you want them to have a certain period where it's feel what you're going to feel, right? Yep. How important is that uh, throughout life? Not just the not just the sort of the very hard edges of you won or you you came in fifth, right? Okay, mourn coming in fifth for two days, right? How how do, how well does that translate over to? any other situation where you where you don't live up to whatever expectations you had for yourself. Yeah, I think every um, experience has its own unique um, timeline that is undefined and undefinable and unknown and unknowable. So you don't know where it's where the edges of that are going to happen. So um, let's take um, you are going to go for a one rep max clean in the gym and you don't hit it. Like that should be a really short kind of like pissed off time frame mm-hmm. like ah damn okay mm-hmm. what do i need to do like it's like it should happen real quick right okay then a longer timeline might be your training for a competition you don't place where you want to in that competition okay take the day two or three to kind of like figure out what that was experience the emotion and then move on right let's say um like a bigger, more, um, t- you're like retiring, mm-hmm. right? And you didn't experience, you didn't get to where you thought your expectations were for your career. Okay, take the necessary time to reflect that what we're talking about is here is all of these things that we're talking about, like the mourning period, the, the, it's reflection. It's a, what lessons am I going to learn from this? So evaluate it, learn the lessons. And that's basically, it's like how long before we start applying them? Mm-hmm. Am I done learning the lessons? So after the in-between events at the CrossFit Games, it's very different than an NFL football team where they basically have, call it like 24 to 48 hours of like reviewing the videotape, learning the lessons, and then moving on to the next opponent. If they're talking about the mistakes that they made against opponent in weeks one, two, and three, when they're in weeks five, six, seven, or towards the end, that's not a good, if they're still feeling the emotions of the loss that they experienced four, five, six weeks ago, we know how that team's gonna turn out at the end of the season. They need to be able to turn the page really quickly. For us at the CrossFit Games, we have another event which is completely different than the last event. Okay, I get it, you didn't do really well in the run, swim, run. Guess what? Now we have a one rep max snatch. Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do. If you hold on to that through this event, you're not going to meet your potential. So we give ourselves literally during the CrossFit Games a 10 to 15 minute window. And then after that, it's like we, we say it, turn the page. And we turn the page 
then after the event, we can go back and relearn and dig out the lessons. After the game. After the game, sorry. Yeah. After the games, we can go back and dig out and we'll list them all and we review all of the lessons because then we have another week to, I try and do it as quickly as we can because it's fresh and it's yeah. more emotional. I want that. I want the guttural. I want the real. But we allow ourselves basically a week to three before we're like, okay, got all the lessons. They're learned. Good. We feel good about where we are. Now we're ready to move forward. We're done. That year is done. It's over. It has no bearing on our future. You flip a coin and it lands on tails 15 times in a row. It has no bearing at all whatsoever on what the next time you flip that thing is. You got to think going forward. And going forward, that's a 50-50 chance, mm-hmm. just like if you hadn't done it before. You going forward, your past does not dictate your Biography is not your destiny. Your past does not dictate your future. So to think that these failures define who you're going to be going forward is just you being unable to learn the lessons. Learn the lessons, learn them really well, and it hurts, If you, but you got to embrace those harsh realities. You suck at running and swimming. We have to get better at this. Now, how are we going to get better at this? You lay out the plan so we've learned from it. It's not like, Okay, you suck at that. Okay, let's not suck at it going forward. So if you dig in really hard into those lessons, embrace the harsh realities, enter the danger and have those conversations, then we can learn and then we can move forward. But it's different for every sort of like event. You, someone in your family gets sick or you lose a loved one. The timeline on that, you don't know how, you don't know when the grieving is going to stop. But for you, let's say someone in your family gets injured by someone else. Someone's like, in a car accident and hit and run and they leave. You holding on to the 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 grudge and the hatred for that person, that other person isn't suffering because of that. You are. And I know that this is so much easier. I, I challenge myself all the time about this scenario. Could I let go? If there was a malpractice issue, um, there's this incredible in Catcher and I talk about this all the time. One of the best podcasts we've ever listened to. We listen to a get together. I'm going to butcher the name, but it's something like Mo Gowett or something like that. He wrote Solve for Happy. Solve for Happy? Solve for Happy. He's an engineer on the Google X team. So these guys that like, let's send people to the moon. Like let's live on Mars. Like the crazy, crazy stuff. He's an engineer that leads that team. He created an equation. He solved for happiness. He's living it though. He's living proof. He's incredibly happy. His son, who was one of these incredibly, actually, when I hear about his son, I think of Maya. Like one of these people that like, is just, he said that his son just on a random day would be like, you know, at the dinner table, spend 15 minutes talking about how much he loves everyone at the dinner table. Mm. Like one of those happy people. Mm-hmm. And he was, he had a routine surgery that the doctor butchered and he died on the operating table. Ooh. It's so easy for him to question himself why did we go to this doctor why did we go to this different hospital why didn't we get a second opinion so easy to blame the doctor he has um completely he lives with complete mental freedom of that experience he is solved happy he is so happy regardless of the fact that that happened to him he loves his son so much and loved him so much and he is i can't put other words in but the fact that he doesn't hold a, I challenge myself all the time if I could be that person. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the process is to go through that, but he's done it. And if he can do it, all of us can do it. 
And that's the type of thing is like he's learned from that experience. Like the literally the worst outliving your children, the worst experience that you could I could possibly kind of like imagine. He's gone through that at the hands of someone else's negligence and is still moving forward incredibly happy, productive, and grateful, grateful for it. Like that's like, man, mm. like that dude's got it. Um, it makes me think, it makes me want to ask about whether or not you think this process <clears throat> is a skill, this process of, um, I think you call it, you, you said like enter the danger or, you know, stare at the uncomfortable thing. Is that a skill that you can develop or that you need to develop in order that you can take what everybody else might consider a failure and figure out and uncover, okay, well, what are the opportunities and what am I going to do about it now? Because mm -hmm. it feels like the the challenge there is, yeah, okay, that makes sense until you're in that situation totally. and you don't have the tools to figure out what what those things are, what those lessons are and how to, how to do something with the lessons so that it becomes an opportunity and not a, not a tragedy. Okay. So throw the question back at you. If it's not a skill, what, what are the other, what could it be? What are the other things? The only thing it could be, which I don't think it is, is that some people can do it and some people can't. It's like you're born with this ability. Yeah. Okay. To, to see the, to see the bright side, to see the silver lining. Yeah. I think that that's, what is easy to see and say, yep. oh, they just, that's just their personality. That's who they are. Okay. So um, it's a question of nurture or nature, right? Is it something that you're, you, it's a learned behavior yep. or are you born this certain way? Yep. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, or maybe it's a lot of both, mm -hmm. right? Or maybe for some people it's, um, I think some people are, I, cause I've, I have children, so I've seen this. Uh, I think people are born with certain dispositions. Mm -hmm. I just do. Like yep. our our daughter, our youngest daughter, Harley, is incredibly happy, loving. She was from like the day she arrived. Like she didn't cry a lot. You know, it was like smiled a ton. I think some people are just born that way. But then I think equally as big, if not bigger, is what are the, call it what you want. You call it upbringing. You call, but I call it like, what are the opportunities mm -hmm. that they've had to learn these behaviors going forward? So I think that people that were born, lucky enough to be born or put in positions where someone helped them reframe these things at young ages, then yes, it's going to look like a skill right. that's born and that they just inherently have when they're 11, 18, and 27, and 45. It's going to look like this is just who they've been. But it's much like, you know, you read like the talent code, or you read outliers, or you read all these things. It's people are put in good situations. Mm -hmm. So as people that show a little bit of promise, all of a sudden, this is who you are. Oh my gosh, you're so good at reframing things. You're so positive. You never complain. Mm -hmm. Wow, you're amazing at dot, dot, dot. And all of a sudden, the self-fulfilling prophecy starts just like, wow, you're really good at hockey. You're so fast. You're so strong. You're bigger than all the other kids. You should play on this team. And all of a sudden, you should work with this coach. We should get you a performance. Like all of a sudden, now more, it's forged, right? And it's enhanced. It's momentum. It's, it's momentum. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't want to discredit that there is certain like traits. Like Some people are born, you know, six, nine and, and, and <laughs> yeah. coordinated like that's just that. And you're going to be probably have a better chance of making the NBA than people that are born, you know, five foot three. So there is something that's inherently born. I think some people are born with character. 
I like to call them, I don't like to say character traits because that implies that it's like it's fixed. Yep. I like to see some people are born with certain character skills that can be then further enhanced through momentum. Mm-hmm. And other people probably are not, but it doesn't mean they can't be enhanced. Mm-hmm. Just because you're five foot three, you could be Muggsy Bogues and still make it to the end. Right. Yeah. You're just the outlier. I was rereading a book recently called "Thanks for the Feedback," and I don't remember at all what the what, I love what, the title. Yeah, I mean, what they're referencing, what they were refer- referencing, but they were saying that studies have shown that there's basically like a 50-40-10 um, split when it comes to happiness, where it's fifty percent is just sort of what you were born with, and I think forty percent of sort of how you interact with the things that are happening to you, and then ten percent is maybe like the situational, mm. you know, something something happened and how you respond to it. But it tends to sort of split off in those sort of well, How many people put like the 80% in that 10%, what happens yeah, to you? Exactly. You get cut off in traffic and people right. get pissed. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. You, it's a matter of reframing it. Yeah. I was talking with um, um, Marcus, the other, the guy yeah. that owns Noble, Noble. With, it, with me. Um, and he was saying how like, I, I, he's like, I just, he's much like us. He's, you know, he chases excellence. He meditates every day. He's got, he's on day 500 of consecutive meditations, mm-hmm. reads all the same stuff that we do. Um, and he was saying to me, he's like, you know, someone cuts me off in traffic. I can't, I can't, I can't figure out how to get mad at them. Yeah. Like someone in my car was like, honk at that person. He's like, I can't, like, how could I, why would I honk at them? It doesn't, it doesn't make a difference to me whether they cut me off or not. Yeah. Like, just like all you have to do is take perspective of will this matter in five years? Like, if if the answer is like, no, I probably won't remember it. It's like, how can you even react, like have any emotional response to it? It's like, figure out how to be productive yeah. and you live your life. You getting upset at the person is giving power to that person in the situation and you're reacting to that 10%, yeah. which it should be almost like 1%. Yeah. I get it. Like something horrific happens to you. Those don't happen like ten yeah. percent. But there's of the time. a scale of them. This is yeah, exactly. Being yeah. honked at or it, being cut off is yeah is is really yeah. low on that. The- um, uh, I want to bring it back a little bit to failure because uh, I'm I'm interested in with the mindset that we've been talking about. How do you approach opportunities, uh, experiences, people, maybe that others might shy away from because of the potential of failure? Again, okay. the failure, that sort of the classic yep. quote unquote failure. I get it. Do you think about it differently because you you think about failure differently? I'm just really curious, like how do you react to things that somebody without that mindset would react in a different way because they think uh, they hold the risk of failure to be somehow more uh, dangerous or, or, or a sharper edge than you do. Okay. So I think the first part of it is like, uh, the willingness to just like get over things quickly. So if you're willing to get over things quickly, you're willing to take a few more risks. Mm -hmm. So you're willing to try the one rep max. You're trying, willing to jump into the competition. You're willing to ask the girl out. You're willing to, um, start that project. You're willing to, um, jump into the ring and raise your hand in the meeting. You're willing to, um, do that public speaking, if, if you're, you're willing to take a few more risks, if you, if you think that at the end of this, like the failure, there's, there's not really the failure. Now you might have that quick feeling. So the example I'll give is, um, I was asked to give a talk, um, about mental toughness. I, it was the, I had not yet talked about mental toughness, so I didn't have a presentation prepared for mm-hmm. it. Um, I knew given my schedule, I was not going to be as prepared for it as I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. 
um, I went in and I did not do it as well as I would hope that I... The standards you would hold for yourself. Yes, yeah. exactly. When I walked out of there, I was like, wow, I learned, I learned so much about what we need to be talking about going yeah. forward. And that was the goal going in. Like, let's do this so I can learn how to get better at it. If the goal wasn't to learn to get better at it, it was like, this is pass fail. You're either going to rock the house or you're not going to live up to your expectations. And nobody will ever ask you to do it again. Then I'm not signing up. Yeah. Because there's no such thing as perfection and I would have to prepare so much. And basically what you have is a product that you're not willing to beta test. Mm -hmm. You're not going to put it out to the market until you feel like it's perfect. And because of that, it never becomes perfect. And you're like, I'm not going to ship it yet. I'm not going to show them yet. I'm not going to jump in. I'm not going to do this yet. And because of that, you don't learn. You don't learn the way, you, or maybe you do, but it takes so much longer. The The iterations are yeah. such a longer time. you might not learn the right thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the, the specifics of this, I gave a talk yeah. on mental toughness and um, question and answer afterwards. And people are asking these good questions. You know, they're saying like, what should I be saying to myself when it gets really hard? Like, mm -hmm. love that. And a kid, the kid walks, raises his hand and goes, so how do you be mentally, how do you become mentally tough? <laughs> and I was like, Damn it. That's what this talk was supposed to be about. Yeah. So I didn't, as much as I talked about mental toughness for 40 minutes, I didn't even, it was theoretical. I never showed them the path. I came back and I created a step-by-step, -step, literally, you do this and then you do this and you do this. And I created a step-by-step -step process that got me there. Now, when the Navy SEALs, and this happened, the Navy SEALs called up and said, can you come and talk to our master chief and our leaders about mental toughness? I'm like, yup, <laughs> I have it. Mm -hmm. I have, not only do I have it, I feel confident about it because I've given this talk before. Had I not jumped in and did the other one, I'd be like, uh, no, yeah. I'm not ready to give that talk. I can't. So that talk before, was that a failure because I didn't live up with my expectations? 100% not. That was probably the greatest thing I've ever done in terms of learning on how to present about mental toughness. You reframe it. Yeah. So much of what we've been talking about seems to come back down to uh, uh, an individual's willingness not to hide, right? Not to hide from something that's scary, not to hide from the, the thing that you're not quite ready for, and then not to hide from... You know, because it, it would have been really easy for you after that talk to just be like, put it out of your mind. Oh, man. Like, that was a bad day. Uh, that sucks. Not doing that again. And then moved on and then and then not learn from it. Right. So it's this, this sort of showing up and, and versus hiding. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to say that, like, uh, I'm not afraid to do these things. I, I walked to that presentation and I was like, this is... I, I know this is not going to live up to my expectations. Right. I, okay, now I have the wrong visualizations. Um, I was scared, all those things. Um, but you kind of like, you work through the fear, you know, you realize what fear is. So we've talked, we've had, we've done a podcast on yep. fear, but really quick, it's, it's one of two things. You're afraid of, um, getting hurt, pain, or you're afraid of being ostracized from the group. It's kind of those two things. Like you're not one of us. You don't belong. You're not as good as dot, dot, dot. And most of that fear is played up in our minds mm -hmm. way more so than it is it happens in, in actualization. Um, fear of pain is um, real for certain things. If you're standing on top of a 60-foot cliff and everyone's like, jump. Like <laughs> You have a fear for a real reason. Like 
Your body doesn't want you to jump because the potential of pain is so, so high. But we can't confuse that fear with, um, we'd like you to present to our board of directors. Um, this is really good opportunity for you to get some re- in front of some really um, high achievers. And I think it will really further your career. Would you like to present on your idea? And you're like, uh, <laughs> that's the fear of not belonging, of being ostracized, of being someone saying like, you're not good at this. Yep. Um, we got to work past those. And we talked about a fear, you know, that's a whole Hold podcast we did, yep. but that's that fear of failure is what's holding so many people back. And yeah, it was like, raise my hand. Like I'm, I feel it too. I feel it. And I've said no to things because I was too afraid and mm. I don't jump into everything because, yep. um, you know, fear is one of those things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's real. All right. I think that was a successful podcast. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't a failure. Hopefully it wasn't a failure. All right, thanks. Thanks, Pat. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.